Corporate MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me once again. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing and Racetech. How the hell are you guys doing out there? Happy to be back. Took a week off. Uh, we'll get into what I've been doing here pretty soon, but let's take care of some bills. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs and street bikes, low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. You should go to RockyMountainATVMC.com right now and just check it out if you haven't been there yet. Uh, if you want to order, go to KieferInkTesting.com. Click on that Rocky Mountain banner that's right there on the homepage. Just click on that, and that takes you back to Rocky Mountain site, and you just continue to do your shopping, check out, do all that, and that gives us a slice of what you're purchasing. So thank you to the loyal people that have been doing that. That helps us out hugely. I can't really stress that enough. It really does help us out, so thank you for the people that have been doing that. And, of course, thank you, Rocky Mountain, for having uh, parts in stock and kick-ass prices. So thank you. FXR Racing, you want to get a new set of gear? It's hotter than hell out here in the Dez. I'm sure it's hotter than, hotter than hell than where you are right now if you're in North America. Uh, KKMX35 will save you 35% off a set of gear or jersey, a pant, whatever it is. Or if you want an FXR 6D helmet, KKMX6D is the discount code to save there. So just go visit them, fxrracing.com. Pick out your favorite line of gear. And if you guys are asking me what mine is, mine is the Helium and Revo. It is more of an athletic fit. Yes, I'm all dick and ribs, but I think it looks good, even on larger men and women. I know some guys that wear a 38, and it still looks kick-ass. So go look at the new Helium line and Revo. And also this week, that's right, July 4th weekend, Happy birthday, America. Uh, there is a new set of FXR Racing Limited Edition Stars and Stripes gear. It's going to look badass at Red Butt. It's going to look sick. So go check that out. Do a little uh, pre-sale order right now if you want. But those will be shipping out at the end of the week. So go check them out, fxrracing.com. And if you guys are just pulling your bikes out from the East Coast, from that slumber that winter that you guys have, and you guys want to refresh your suspension for the summertime to go riding, go to Racetech.com, use the code uh, Kiefer at sales at Racetech.com, or just email me, and I'll get you in contact with the guys over there. Get your suspension serviced or revalved, or maybe you want to touch up your, your head on your four-stroke. Those guys can do it all over there at Racetech.com. And, of course, thank you to all of our 2022 sponsors that help us out. And in return, help you guys out as well. Power Motorsports, if you're looking for a KTM, Yamaha, a Kawasaki, they got the best deals. You can email me, as always, for the best deals, and I'll get you in contact with those guys. Works Connection, Ride Engineering, Pro Taper, 6D Helmets, ScreenPrintingDone.com. Looking to get some T-shirts made up. Neil over there kicks ass. Dunlop Motorsports, we got the new MX-14 Scoop Tire coming out next week. 
So we're going to learn all about that. And so we'll stay tuned for uh, keyforinktesting.com or racerxonline.com. We'll get you for more, some more information on the scoop tire. Plum Creek Funding, Blood Lubricants, Decal Works, Lit Pro, Fast Co. You want to get some flex bars. You guys are having problems with vibration or you're getting old and your bones are getting a little bit sore. Flex bar is the way to go. And, of course, Mission Imaging. You ride dirt bikes. You might need an MRI. You're in the Southern California area, 909-433-0575. Those are my 2022 sponsors. That's my spiel. As always, these people on this podcast would not be here if they were uh, shitty people. Uh, bad human beings, or simply just don't have great products because we do not take money from uh, crappy people or crappy products, quite frankly. So that is our mission statement over here at keyforinktesting.com. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for uh, giving me a week off here. Sorry uh, we did have to do that. But as you guys know, life takes over sometimes. Uh, I am am basically in amateur national hell. At this time, every year, Loretta Lynn's creeps up. And I have to uh, obviously be a dad, be a husband, uh, do my job, go testing, test some products. Um, of course, I've got another side of keyfering testing that does a lot of confidential testing that I got to do that. And of course, then I got to take Aiden riding and have some time for that and then housework and all the other shit I got to do. So uh, we went up to Colorado last week, got some testing and training in. I wanted to get Aiden in some high elevation um, some hot conditions, Colorado, where we're based out of. We have a house in Greeley, Colorado, which is about an hour east of Denver. Uh, it's been high 90s. Humidity was pretty high. Obviously not as high as Tennessee, but better than the Dez. Uh, so we did a little training, got some testing done. I got some testing done as well. And uh, that's where we were for about nine days or so. So we are back in the Dez, back to regular scheduled programming. And in, with this show... What I wanted to do is do a little mashup of things that I've been doing, uh, talk about that, as well as some questions and some comments that I've been getting on my email, and uh, give you some insight on what is coming down the pipe as far as 23 bike intros. I get a lot of emails, hey, when's this coming out? When are you going to do this test? Blah, blah, blah. So this is just a mashup of things to come, things that I have done, and uh, of course, Things that have been falling apart, I want to let you guys know about that as well because it sucks to buy a motorcycle that's ten thousand fucking dollars and then it fucking falls apart. Trust me, I'm uh, I get my stuff, not everything, but I get a lot of stuff for free. And man, some of the shit falls apart. I mean, I'm pissed. So I can only imagine what you guys are going through out there that actually have to buy the shit and then have it fall apart and then probably have to buy it again or buy another part or an aftermarket part. So we're going to break down some things here today and just, uh, yeah, give you guys some knowledge and, and have a good time here on this show today. So it's a loose show. If you guys have any show suggestions, that's a tongue twister, show suggestions, uh, email me, chris at keyforinktesting.com. Most of the time I am on that thing, um, if I'm in between motos in between tests sometimes i'll be out testing and there'll be some mechanics or engineers changing parts on bikes and i'll have 30 45 minutes to kill i'll try to answer as much email as i can i get a shit ton of email guys actually i've built it that way so you guys can ask me questions and you get an honest answer and you get some 
sort of uh, contact with people that actually ride dirt bikes for a living and give you guys some knowledge so you spend your money the right way. So I've kind of opened that Pandora's box a little bit, and I'm I, sometimes I kick myself in the ass because it takes a lot of time to answer emails. So anywhere between 50 to 75 emails a day, and then uh, those seem to keep rolling in on the weekends as well. So uh, I try to pick at those during the day. So give me some time. If you guys do send me an email, if I don't answer them, uh, wait a couple weeks and then hit me back again. And sometimes when I'm not available, I will just simply email you and say, hey, man, I'm not around right now. Hit me back next week with the same email and I'll try to get back to you. So if you guys are unfamiliar with the show and you're just joining in now, because a lot of you guys have been doing that, my show has been growing, so that is good. Thank you. But um, that is kind of how we work around here. And uh, I'm only one guy within this umbrella. I have a couple guys that do help me ride. But as far as answering emails and getting you the content up on my site, that is all me. So just give me some time here. All right. So a couple things that uh, I'll just read you down the list what we're going to talk about. Here's the rundown. We're going to talk about a dual injector for a YZ250F that I've been testing. Uh, we're going to talk about living with the KX250 2022 edition with 70 hours on it. Obviously, Aiden has a small team green ride, but we do ride my test bike a lot. So that acquired 70 hours on the bike. I will tell you what we did, what fell apart, the nightmares, and the blessings that come with this Kawasaki KX250. Uh, a lot of talk about how to train as a vet rider. I am 46 years old. That's right. I turned 46 last weekend. Holy shit. Uh, I look in the mirror sometimes, guys, and I see an old fucking face. You know, obviously I'm uglier than shit, but I see an old face, but I keep myself, my body-wise, is pretty good in shape. Like, I feel like as far as injuries go through my time span of riding, I've been fairly lucky. I've had some good ones, but... As long as I've been riding, knock on wood, um, I've been pretty lucky. So we're going to talk about how to try to keep yourself in shape as an older guy over 40s, how to keep motivated, because some of you guys have motivation uh, problems. We're going to talk about that. And uh, overall, and we're going to flip on the other side of that, burnout. Burnout is a real thing. Some of you guys... He emailed me and said, hey, man, I loved riding for 30 years, and all of a sudden I just kind of lost the love for it. So I'm going to talk about that as well because I, myself, do this for a living, and I get burned out as well. And I want to talk to you guys about how I get over it, what you know gets me going to reignite the fire, so to speak. Uh, there is not one thing in the whole world besides my family that I love to do besides riding a dirt bike. But at times... Anything that you do a lot of becomes work. So uh, I'm going to give you guys some snippets on how to combat that shitty feeling that you get from time to time. Uh, we're going to talk about a 23 KTM 450 and what's been going on with that, things that I have done to that bike, or if you have a 22.5 factory edition, uh, this is the same bike. And we're going to talk about 2023 introductions. When are they coming? When are we testing them? I have a few dates here to set you guys up, so if you guys want to write those down to know when that information will be coming to you as well. So these are the things that I'm going to touch on today. Let's just start off with this dual injection YZ250F. Okay, so 
I've had a YZ250F that Janky Mike, Michael Allen, has been riding. He's more of an off-road, hybrid, moto kind of guy. He's a B-level moto guy, but he rides off-road. He puts some hand guards on it, and we've just been riding the shit out of it more for a durability purpose. But I thought, hey, you know what, Mike? Bring that bike back to me. I want to do a couple moto things to it. Uh, Jamie over there at Twisted Development, he does a lot of work for a lot of Supercross and motocross teams. Very smart guy. Good dude. Um, as you guys know, when you listen to the show, two guys that I trust a lot is Jamie over at Twisted and Chad at XPR Performance. These two guys locally for me here in Southern California are really, really good to go to. I recommend these guys for a lot of different things and motorcycles. Um, but Jamie actually came up with a dual injector, and, may and maybe he didn't come up with it, but he created one for him and his business uh, that goes... Uh, to the YZ250F. Now, some of you guys are want, going, to, what is a dual injector? So basically, there's a little spray nozzle that goes inside the intake, and every time you open that throttle, the you know fuel gets splashed straight into the intake and gives you just another avenue for fuel to burn as you open the throttle, which can increase horsepower, right? Uh, the KX250 has that. They have a dual injection system. Um, the Yamaha doesn't have that, even though they have a forward-facing intake. So I was really curious to try this on um, this injector on this bike because out of all the 250s, this has the most front side out of every bike. The Yamaha, lots of uh, bottom end, not as much as two years ago. I think Yamaha was going away from bottom end and want to transfer some of that good low end that they have and try to move that towards the top end overhead because, let's face it, a KTM, Husqvarna, Gas Gas, uh, even a Kawasaki KX250 just has a longer top end pull. And now that the Honda has changed for 2022, that also had a longer pull. So Yamaha's like, hey, all right, we can sacrifice some bottom end and let's try to move that towards the mid top end range to stretch out our motorcycle, right? That is good in some areas, but for, for us older guys, and I think for most people and that ride a 250F, they like the bottom end. If you can short shift a motorcycle, that is the proper way to ride a four-stroke. Look, it sounds bitching when Barsha revs the shit out of his bike. It sounds bitching. But if you listen to Ken Roxon ride, oh, wait, you can't listen to Ken Roxon ride because you don't fucking hear his motorcycle. That's how low... He rides his motorcycle in the RPM range. Chase Sexton, same way, low on the RPM range. So the proper way to ride a four-stroke is short shift it and let it build power, right, smoothly and, and very long. That's how this four-stroke typically engine is built for. Now, to do that, you have to have <laughs> a lot of things. You got to draw a lot of air. You got to get fuel. You got to have a straight shot down with that with that air intake right and a lot of other manufacturers besides Yamaha have been trying to do that to get a straighter shot of air into the intake so having this dual injector uh, Jamie has a whole kit that costs about two thousand dollars <coughs> yes it is expensive but it does come with the whole air box the dual injector kit inside of it as well as a vortex ECU because these things need to be mapped it has custom mapping within those vortexes and if you guys know me I totally blow a Vortex all the time. I'm always sucking it off, saying how good it is. Uh, I love a Vortex ECU in most bikes. Uh, we have been running a Kawasaki KX250 without a Vortex because, quite frankly, 
it didn't really do that much to the motorcycle, and we liked the stock box mapped, remapped, uh, better than the Vortex. But for most part, the Vortex works great, and in the Yamaha YZ250F, it does help. Why? Because now you have a lot of bottom end in stock. You're putting the dual injector in. You're adding more bottom end, right? Adding more front side. So this Vortex ECU will help increase mid to top end and over rev. You can map it so uh, the engine can cut off a little later. So you can add plus 200 RPM, which doesn't sound like a lot on paper, but it is when you ride it. You can really feel it. I have gone as much as 400 RPM, and you can really feel it. Like, you can really ride second gear a really long time, but then you're killing your engine a little bit faster than normal. So, plus 200 RPM is a good cutoff for overrev. Jamie has his own mapping. He puts that in there to keep this thing reliable, yet getting more horsepower. So, I put this thing uh, to test before I left for Colorado. Blown away. Uh... I made the mistake of having Aiden ride this thing a little bit, and he couldn't believe how much bottom end there was. And he's not a Yamaha fan, not like his dad. Like, I've been told him, I've been telling him <laughs> before he got his Kawasaki deal, like, hey, you should try a Yamaha. You might like it. He always said, Dad, it's too fat. I don't like it. Uh, it's too fast for me down low. Uh, it feels uh, heavy in the corner. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I just kind of left that alone. Got this YZ250F back, dual injector, went riding, riding, and I was like, holy shit, I can't believe how much throttle response it has, uh, how much more low end that it gets, and how useful third gear is. The YZ250F can be lugged. Out of all the 250Fs, I feel like us vet guys can use third gear the most with this YZ250F, but with the 2022 I feel like I got to use second gear a little bit more than I used to because it lost a little bit of bottom end. Now it brings that bottom end back and then some. So now stock gearing, I can run third gear in corners. And I even took this thing to Colorado in elevation. So I'm starving it for air. It's not as fast. I can still run third gear in deep farm dirt conditions. We went to a couple of private tracks that have really deep conditions, very heavy dirt and it's amazing how I can ride this bike similar to a 450. I'm 175 pounds. So this bike pulls my, I want to say fat ass, around uh, much better than the stock version. Now, Aiden got on it. Wasn't expecting much from him, right, his feedback. He, I was expecting him to go two laps, come back. Uh, he was out there 15 minutes. And he came back and he's like, I can't believe how big of a, difference this bike is compared to the stock one and I go well, why it's it's faster down low you didn't like that he's like dad I can actually ride it in third gear and I don't have to shift so I think also Aiden got a little bit better in the past few months from the last time he rode this bike but he figured out now I have low end I can ride third gear which in turn you can ride smarter uh, with less work and less energy and for kids that are racing, that is huge. That's important. That's just less stuff you have to do on the track, which you can concentrate more on going faster and twisting throttle. So he, even he was blown away of how much low end it has. So I was listening to him ride, and he was just riding third gear, and I'm like, huh. And the recovery on this thing is so much better uh, than the stock one with this dual injector. So a little bit of a fan of the clutch out of the corner, and it's right back up in the RPM, and it sounds mean. We did put an FMF 4.1 slip on 
on this bike. We just put a slip on. Obviously, it's been very, very difficult to find full systems out there. FMF does have slip-ons. So um, as far as getting a muffler for this bike, I would recommend just trying a slip-on because take away the dual injector and just slapping on a muffler, the slip-on's going to remain intact as much bottom end as possible. You put a mid-pipe and a head-pipe on, you'll lose some more bottom end, and then you're going to gain more mid. Just a slip-on will make this thing sound better because it sounds like dog shit to me uh, in stock form. That YZ muffler just sounds raspy and shitty. Uh, putting this 4.1 on makes it sound deep, throaty, a little bit quieter because we use the insert. We cut the spark, uh, spark arrestor screen out, creates back pressure, and it is much better. Now, add the dual injector kit to this FMF system. Uh, it sounds freaking like a star bike, man. Barky, snappy, really deep. And you can just tell once, if you're on the side of the track and you're watching this bike move around, it just gets the power to the ground quick. Now, when you're in hard pack conditions, I would like to try a little smoother mat because it will light up the rear end a little bit. But if you're riding softer tracks and you're really involved in racing, this dual injector kit is next level. Yes, you could do motor work for $2,000, but I feel like this keeps reliability. You don't have to worry about reliability as much. You have a dual injector, a Vortex ECU. You have a stock engine. And I feel like you're getting as much benefit as a some head work and a piston. This is how good this injector kit is. So if you guys are interested in getting some more bottom in, riding third gear more, you got some pocket change and uh, burning in your pocket, uh, this kit from Jamie is pretty good. He just started selling these things. I think, uh, I don't even know how many he has sold. I think I was the first one that he tried it on. And uh, I gave him some feedback the other day and I was like, holy shit, man, this thing's really good. So hopefully uh, you guys listen and try it. And if you guys do get it, let me know, man. Don't keep me in the dark on this stuff. I like when you guys listen to the show, you buy something and then you try it. And then you guys hit me up and say, hey, man, this thing was awesome just like you said. Or Kiefer, you're full of shit. This wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. I need the feedback. I like that. So the people that are doing that, thank you very much. But as far as just getting something aftermarket on this bike, usually I'm pretty adamant about keeping the Yamaha's stockish. This dual injector on the YZ250F is next level. It's a game changer for me. Uh, I would love to ride this bike at Loretta's. If I would have had more time, uh, a little more suspension work, I think I would have rode a YZ250F at Loretta's because it's tight, ruddy. And I think, uh, well, I know, so I did some Lip Pro back-to-back -back times on my YZ450 and this YZ250F with the injector and this FMF system, and my times are the same. So I'm not any slower, I'm not any faster, and this is on deep, tilled, ruddy dirt. And there's some fairly big jumps in this one track that I was riding. So I don't know, man. It was a lot more fun for me to ride, and then it didn't take as much energy, and my lap times are the same, and I haven't had that much time on it. So give me some more time on this thing. I think I could be faster in general. So something you guys want to look, you guys can go check them out. I think it's td dash racing.com td-racing.com twisted development uh, if you guys are going to their website uh, they are redoing it so if it goes to some random looking like weird homepage, uh, just hang tight they are going to throw up the new website here fairly soon um, I'm going to turn this injector on to Travis Preston over at Yamaha I'm going to have him ride it and see what he thinks but I think the R&D guys really like this, this uh, dual injector 
from what I hear, and we'll get to the 23s to talk in a little bit, the YZ250F will not change for 23, just the YZ450. I think the YZ250F will uh, be the same, and I think they will change that in 24. Obviously, I don't know 100%, but this is what I've heard. This is what I think. Um, so you can take it with a grain of salt if you want. But um, So this kit would work even for next year's bike, I think. Okay, moving on to the KX250 side of things. Look, we've been riding these things all year. Uh, I have three of these in the garage. There's a lot of green in my garage slash shop. Uh, yes, I was kind of afraid to get on these things, and I will be quite honest with you guys. I don't know if we would have went the team green route if we weren't getting help on bikes and some parts. Look, we're not getting free bikes. Uh, we're getting discount on bikes, and we're getting discount on parts. So for me, just picking up and saying, hey, man, I'm going to go buy Kawasaki KX250s for a B-level kid, and I'm just going to go ride Cowies with no help, I don't think that would have happened. I probably would have put him on a KTM or a Yamaha, even if he didn't like it, because I know those are a little bit more reliable. Uh, so some of the things that I thought would happen on a Cowie has happened. And then some of the things that I thought would happen hasn't happened. So it's been a wash for me on a KX250 side of things. I was really scared that I was going to be rebuilding these things every 10 to 15 hours. Aiden revs the shit out of his bike in the air. I tell him not to. Of course, he's 16. He doesn't listen. As you guys know, if you have a 16-year-old kid that rides, they're very influential on YouTube or social media where they hear this dude's revving the shit out of their bikes. They think it's cool. They think it's bitching. They think it's going to help their lap times. It doesn't. So I was expecting a shit ton of motor work, rebuilding, blah, blah, blah. So these are the things that have negatively have happened to our bike. Subframes. If you're going to an aftermarket muffler, or which you probably will be, because that thing sounds like shit stock, just like the YZ250F, and it blows out, and it sounds raspy. It's funny. We have a, a dude that rides a <laughs> stock KX250 around the high des, and he goes up and down the street, and it's literally four or five blocks over. I can't even see the fucking guy. But I know it's a KX250 because this muffler sounds like dog shit and it's blown out. I could literally n just know what bike he's riding by the sound of the muffler tone. I think that would be a great game. I just thought about this. This would be a great game for a video or something like that. Let me do that on Racer X. Start up some bikes, hear the sound, and you have to guess which bike it is. I think I could nail it. Just start a bike up, let it idle, and then rev it a few times, shut it off, the dude has to guess. That's a great, that's a great show. I think we should have like a, uh, some kind of game on racerxonline.com. That would be great. Uh, but it does sound like shit, right? So we put Pro Circuit mufflers on. They do work for me the best on a Kawasaki. No surprise. Mitch knows what's going on with the Kawasaki side of things. But they break subframes. You put an FMF on. You put a Pro Circuit on. Anything. Even if it's rubber-mounted, I even suggested it and put it up on keyframetesting.com on a 450 side of things. Hey, here's how you rubber-mount your muffler, your aftermarket muffler, to the KX450-250. I thought it was going to work. It did for a while, but in the hands of a B-Kid, boom, they crack. They break. So what happens is the tab breaks off the subframe. Boom, the muffler drops, drops down on the caliper when you land. Boom, your muffler's fucked. 
So I have gone through three different mufflers because it damaged them because we have cracked, broke the tabs on the subframe. So if you do have a Kawasaki, yes, rubber mounting will make it last longer. But if you're running a bolt through the solid mount on the subframe tab, don't put a nut on the back side of it. The nut puts more pressure on the tab and it just creates it to be a little bit more rigid, which will break the weld and the tab off sooner. I thought I had the, it, it all figured out and took the nut off. It still breaks. It did last longer, but look it. You could do these things that I'm saying to make it prolong, a little prolong, prolong, but it's still going to break. So just reinforce it, weld it. I do have some pictures that my buddy, Janky Mike, Michael Allen, he made a whole different tab on the backside, it's a little overkill, but it does work. It will not break. Um, or just simply go to a welder that you guys know, have it re-welded, a little beefier, and then it should be good. I don't know if Kawasaki is going to address this problem in the future, but it is a problem. Regardless if it's a 250 or a 450 and you're going to an aftermarket muffler. We've experienced it two different times. Um, so, look, get your Kawasaki subframe tabs with a muffler goes into get it welded i can't say it's slower or more perfect than that <laughs> trust me you'll save some money because your uh muffler will not hit the brake rear brake caliper and it will not get damaged uh clutch plates i have seen two times that aiden has cracked broke fibers within his clutch basket and so we have decided okay enough of that went to a henson clutch basket with stock fibers and that has worked so far so i don't know what's going on with the basket or if the basket is a problem but we have tried both uh henson has clutch fibers we also tried oem fibers with a henson basket and have good good luck with it uh in the stock form stock plates stock basket they will crack and we were lucky enough that i caught it uh, with the fiber still intact like a puzzle. So none of that, those missing pieces floated out and got into the engine. They were still there. They were broken in two pieces, but I found it just in time. I got lucky. So if I was you guys, and, I, and I'm saying this very slowly because it's, um, it's very important, I would check your clutch Every 8 to 10 hours in your KX250 or 450 if you are running a stock basket and stock plates. Uh, I think you guys, even if you're not hard on your clutches, let's say you are not a clutch abuser, you should check your clutch or change it every 20 hours. Regardless, check that thing and make sure that none of your fibers are broke because chances are high they m will be broken. And if they get out of that basket and start floating around your engine, goodbye engine. So check that. Uh, I can't say that all KXs have that problem, but the one that we have, the one out of the three have been doing it. So I don't know if it's a quality control thing. I do not know. Um, Kawasaki is aware of it because I've told him. Uh, but yeah, please check your clutch fibers to make sure they are not broken. Um, the shrouds, where the bolt goes through the shrouds into the frame. So it is the middle bolt. It always gets ripped out. So the hole that's in the plastic, even with the washer on the bolt and your 
putting it into the frame to suck it up against the frame, that plastic will rip through that washer and become so bored out and and bigger that you're going to have to start increasing your washer size every time. So I have to keep a right shroud every a new one every three to four hours because it squeezes it with his legs and it just gets pulled out. So uh, unless you want to keep increasing your washer size and going back in, but Aiden's been having a problem with that right shroud pulling out away from the bolt. That is a problem. Uh, chain rollers and chain guides, a little better than before. I give Kawasaki a hard time, but they are a little bit better. But the chain rollers will seize up. The bearing inside of the roller will seize up. And then uh, basically you'll have this roller with no rubber on it. and It'll just be a, a piece of aluminum that's spinning around. So get yourself a couple roller bearings, the top chain roller, and grab, grab yourself a couple rollers itself so that way you have some bearings and some rollers and that on hand. But what will happen is the roller itself will be fine, but the bearing will seize up. So the bearing will seize up before the roller gets worn down. So just keep an eye on that. Chain sliders, chain guides, they will wear, wear out as well. So that will eat up your chain. So make sure you're on top of that. Um, we did have one bike, and this was our test bike, at 70 hours. And we did rebuild it one time. So we put a new piston in it, uh, timing chain, check the rod. Basically, just a new top end with the timing chain um, through this whole 70 hours. But at 70 hours, uh, we broke the head off of the intake valve and blew it up. So I would recommend, now that I've known this has happened, if you your kid does rev or if you do rev it a lot, I would change your intake and exhaust valves at around 40 hours, do a timing chain, and do all of that at 40 hours. Um, going back on it now, now that I know Aiden's getting faster, I will do that before 40 hours, but I think the average guy that uses this bike, 40 hours is a good time to put a timing chain in it, piston, rings, and then look at your intake and exhaust valves. Um, you can do a leak down test. You can check that out, but your leak down test could come back good, but that intake valve, I've heard from other guys as well, have been breaking, uh, but only on kids that are actually aggressive with the bike. So that's something to look into. Uh, the shifter tip always gets bent in no matter what. You get a little mud in there, it gets bent in, and then it just basically gets bent over time. That spring gets weak inside where it's folding, and you never have a straight tip, <laughs> which sounds very funny, and I could go so many ways with that, but I'm not. But the tip itself will be bent in and just kind of a nightmare. So uh, Pro Circuit has different shifters. You can go look for aftermarket shifters. Hammerhead has them. Uh, we're still using OEM. Pro Circuit doesn't have the shifters in stock, but I guess from what I hear, they will be stocking them soon. Have that back and stuff, and those are really good. They have a rubber um, tip on it, which is really nice for traction on the boot. I like that. And basically, just the overall nuts and bolts aren't as quality as like a Yamaha or Honda bolt. They will back out. Do yourself a favor. Show your Cowie some love. Get some blue Loctite when the bike is new. Go around your bike. Get some blue on all those nuts and bolts. And that way, you're not going to have a nightmare problem like we have doing because my kid's learning how to work on bikes and... As you guys know, sometimes his head is firmly in his ass and they forget to tighten him or they will say, Dad, I tightened him. I swear I tightened it. Okay, son, 
put some blue Loctite on it. Even if you don't tighten it all the way, chances are it won't back out. So just check over the bolts. But otherwise, the bike for 70 hours have has been great. Aiden is an exception to the rule for the most part. He revs his bike a lot. He's getting faster. These things that I've mentioned, are some of them are really petty. I think the two things that are really concerning for me, obviously, is the subframe and the clutch plates. Uh, I think the intake valve is something that you're going to see a lot of when the kids are racing a lot and revving. But the two things that I think will happen, no matter what skill level you are, you will have a subframe problem at some point and a clutch plate problem at some point, no matter if you're on a 250 or 450 side of things. So those are my uh, suggestions to you for you Kawasaki owners. The suspension has been great for Aiden. He loves the bike. Every time he gets on it, he says, man, this thing's so planted. I like the way it feels. It corners well. Even though he had a a hard-on for the Yamaha for a little bit, he always seems to go back to the Kawasaki, and he rides it well. I have yet to see him ride a bike as good as he does his Kawasaki. For the most part, for me, it hasn't been as much of a headache as I thought it was going to be. So that is good. Hey, it's commercial time. Hang in there. Get some discount codes. We'll be right back with the show. Screenprintingdone.com. My dream is the world's most powerful t-shirt. Do you want to look good, but you ain't got the money? Trying to get some t-shirts made? Yeah, buddy. Go to screenprintingdone.com. This is a t-shirt. You can get anything you want on that t-shirt. I'm about to show you guys how y'all can look fly. Your business name. That's my business. Your kid's name. Oh, Billy. Your favorite phrase, like, let's go, buddy. Or free jailbirds. I agree. Anything at all. Screenprintingdone.com. T-shirt printing business. Mention Kiefer on your next order and get 10 free T-shirts. That's what I'm talking about! Screenprintingdone.com. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? Bloodlubricants.com. 1040 Pro Series synthetic oil if you guys haven't run blood lubricant synthetics you should try it email jeff over there at blood lubricants info at blood mention the code kefir get 25 percent off a case of oil i run the 1040 pro series in all of my test bikes here it works great keeps the engine cooler as well clutch life is enhanced and longer i go through clutches on that yamaha yz450f Every 10 hours, now I can go 15 hours. So great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save yourself some money. Email me, chris at keferinktesting.com. If you have any questions about the oil, I'm happy to help. Ride-engineering.com. You guys want to get some clamps, some bar mounts, some chain blocks, uh, brake calipers. Adrian over there at Ride Engineering has a lot of quality parts. And if you use the code KT20, That'll save you 20% off what he offers over there. So that's ride-engineering.com. And he is not only the guy who tests the parts. I mean, I help him as well. But he also has an engineering degree. Holy crap. So go check him out, ride-engineering.com. Use the code KT20 to save some money. You guys out there tweaking on handlebars and grips? Trust me, I do it almost daily. If you're looking for a strong bar but yet has a lot of flex, Look no further than the Pro Taper Evo bar. It is my favorite bar out there on the market right now. Why? They have great bends. The bar flexes. I don't get vibration from the bar. I'm getting older. I want some flex in my bar. 
but yet I want it to be strong. And Pro Taper has the strongest and the lightest bar out there that actually flexes. So go check them out, protaper.com. I'm currently using uh, SX Race Bend on my Yamahas. There is a brand new bend that's just coming out right now. You guys should see that. It is called Race Team Bend, and that is what we use over on Aiden's KTM and my KTM here uh, in the shop. So protaper.com, they have race cut grips, they have sprockets, they have chains, all different kinds of things. Go check them out, protaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. For motocross riders driven to dominate, the Yamaha YZ line of four-stroke bikes are built for victory. Visit Power Motorsports today to explore what's new and improved for 2022. The YZ450F and YZ250F bring the performance with power for four-stroke engines, reduced unsprung weight, and new suspension settings. For the look of a full factory ride, just like what you guys see on Saturday night, both the YZ450F and YZ250F come in exclusive Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Edition graphics packages. And you can take precision tunability to the next level with Yamaha's exclusive and industry's only free power tuner app. Visit Power Motorsports today, find your Yamaha YZ, and enter the victory zone. Get your new Yamaha at Power Motorsports in Sublimity, Oregon. Let them know you heard it on here. That's right, the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Get your best deal and best pricing wherever it is. Right here, North America. I don't care where you're at, Maine, California, Florida, Washington. Go visit them, powermotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, riding jacket, or long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It is illegal and dangerous. Yeah, you guys know that time punishes you if you're not on top of your game. Look, I'm a competitive guy at 45. My kid is 15, and he is right on me every time we go out to the track. But you know what? You know what takes the guesswork out of who's the king for the day, who gets to talk trash on the way home? That's right. You can measure your lap times. You can reach your full potential. And, of course, you'll never guess where you're gaining or losing time. Go to litprolive.com. You can email me, chris, at keferinktesting.com for a discount code on one of their GPS receivers. Getting started is super easy with LitPro. Pick a GPS receiver, download the app, and add a subscription, and then you're on your way to improve your lap times. Get a better result as your, you know, than your buddy. That's right, because there's nothing better than bragging rights when you're on your way home. You throw your guy a text. 
Who got the best of you, baby? That's right, I did. And you want to know how to do it? Lip Pro. Aiden and I have been on this for about a year now. Super easy to use. Look, I am not a tech-savvy guy, and Lip Pro is super easy for me and Aiden to navigate. And uh, I think it would be a great benefit to you guys out there. So hit me up, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. Go to Lip Pro Live. You guys want to see anything related to how to keep time, how to improve your lap times, what section you want to improve on, all those things and more over on LipProLive.com. We are back. You made it. You guys are great. Thanks for hanging in. On with the show. Moving on to the vet training side of things. So this is pretty simple, guys. You do not have to make it a big deal when you're older. Look, if you're in your 40s and riding, you have responsibilities. You have chances are high. You have a wife. You have kids. You have a mortgage. You have to uh, spread your money around. Uh, But yet, maybe you have personal goals that you're still working on. And I'm very, very high on personal goals. Why? Because it gives you a better quality of life. For me, at least, I need a goal or two a year to get me through that whole 365 days. If I don't have a goal, I'm kind of lost. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I'm, I don't have purpose. I need purpose. Um, at least for me, I'm 46. I'm still competitive. Yes, it has gone down a little bit, but I still like to have personal goals. And with those personal goals come dirt bikes. It could be running. It could be um, bicycle racing. Whatever it is, I still feel like everyone needs a goal. If your wife, you're listening to this, doesn't have a goal for her, Try to set something for her to do. Give her some purpose as well because maybe she's just fucking cleaning up after your shit all day and dealing with the kids and you're working all day and you come home and you want to ride or go in the gym, you know, because you have that. Maybe give her something and then have these goals together even though they're different. You guys are both working towards something. So for me, with training and keeping yourself motivated, this is how I do it. I pick a goal before the the new year. It's not a new year's resolution. It's just like, here's something on the map. I put it on our calendar at home. We have a big calendar here at the Kiefer house. Here's what I want to do. Here's my goal. Here's the day I want to work towards this. And we try hard to save money and work hard towards that goal. Granted, a lot of shit goes on with the family, right? You guys have a kid, two, three, whatever. It's going to be tough to obtain that goal, but you got to look at that thing every day. If you do not look at that goal or that date, it's going to be very, very hard for you to be ready when that time comes, or you'll just have an excuse of why you can't make it that year. So don't let that happen. Look at that thing every day. Whatever you need to do to walk by it, to look at it, just see it every day. If you have that calendar and it's buried in your fucking desk somewhere at work or at home and you never see it, You're not going to think about it because life happens. Shit's going on. Kids are screaming. Wife's bitching. You need to go do something. Something broke. But you need to look at it because when those things pop up, those life things pop up, that'll get you through those life things. So for me, I look at it every day. Uh, My goal this year was Loretta's, right? That's been my goal every year since Aiden's been doing this, to be good at Loretta's. If I win, great, but I just want to be good and competitive. I want to race these fast guys. I hope Brownie comes. I hope Chad comes. I hope Lust comes. I hope these guys come. Sure, I'm not 
better than those guys, but I want to race these guys. I want to do as good as I can for me. I want Aiden to do as good as he can for himself. He's built that way. So with training, I don't look at the gym so much. Look, we only have so much time in the day. If you can't get to riding during the week, which I know is the most important thing, this is the most important thing for us vet guys, is to be on the bike. If you can get two days a week of riding in, that is fine. If you can't get to at least get one day a week, and if you only can get one, make it quality and make sure you do a good amount of riding for that day. Set a goal for the day. Hey, man, I only can ride Saturdays. That's my day. Or only can ride Sundays. That's my day. Okay, man. So you know that your race coming up is X amount of laps or minutes. You do that. So if I was you one-dayers, I would do three motos. That's right. Three fucking motos. So if you're, let's just say, for instance, your moto's 15 minutes. You get a warm-up. Practice when you go to the race is what? Five minutes? Six minutes? Make sure you do that when you get to the track. You get to your local track, figure it out within eight minutes. Come back to the truck, get some water, calm your forearm pump down, whatever you got, check your tire pressure. 15 to 30-minute break, go back out, do your 15-minute moto, come back, same thing, 30-minute break, 20-minute break, whatever. 20 to 30 minutes is optimal because everything will calm down by then. And then go do your next one. Do three of those, and that is a good day of riding. If you can practice some starts at the end, great. If you can't, no problem. But the key is to get the most amount of riding within that day as you can. Now, if you're doing two to three days a week, you can cut that a little bit. You can do two motos. Do a warm-up and two motos. And then try hard on one thing that you suck out every time you ride. That is one thing that I've noticed that I've done really good at in the past few years that I've been doing stuff that I hate. Uh, I'm shitty at flat corners. I suck at flat corners. So I work on flat corners at least every time I'm training. So after my motos, I go back out. There's a corner that has no rut or it's blown out. I work on that. I'll do five, six passes, work on that, and try to end on my best one. That's the key thing. You always want to end on your best one. Don't end on a shitty one. That leaves a sour taste in your mouth when you drive home. So the most important thing is riding. Now, let's say, okay, Kiefer, well, I can't fucking ride every day, or I can't fucking ride once a week. As we get older, look, you, you have strength. You're going to have what you have. You can go in the gym. You can lift weights. You can do all this Alden Baker shit. It's not going to make a difference in the long run. If you can do it consistently, yes. But the most important thing for us is back, core, cardio, and stretching. That's it. You don't have to make it hard. We don't got a lot of time in the day. So if you can get in the gym two to three days a week, if you can't ride, you don't have a local track or something, two to three days a week in the gym, do a cardio session. Row for 30 minutes, okay? Jog for 30 minutes, whatever. Ski your G for 30 minutes. You don't need to lift weights. You don't need to do a circuit workout. Get your heart rate up. That's the key thing. Yes, if you can buy a heart rate monitor, great. That is optimal. Keep that heart rate record it, write it down, or whatever. If we're 40s and you're maxing out at 180, you're going to be tired as shit the next week. If you do three days a week like that, you're going to be tired as shit the next week and you're going to feel like crap. Keep your heart rate in your 40s. I would suggest if you're doing longer durations, 30 to one hour in your 150s. 
I'm looking. I'm no trainer. This is just kind of what works for me. If I go too hard, I can sustain that for one week, but then the next week I pay for it. And I'm kind of a piece of shit. So I try to burn at a certain level at a certain heart rate for a longer duration. And that doesn't get me as blown out because I ride a lot as well. So I have to really monitor how I do off the bike training. But for you guys that do not ride a lot, 30 to one hour, some type of cardio will help because that's what you need for riding. Now, the second part of that is stretching. I hate stretching. I hate yoga. It looks lame, but I do it. And what that does is that loosens me up. So when I'm stiff in the morning, I'm not as stiff because I've been stretching. My muscles are warmed up a little bit sooner when I ride. I feel looser on the bike. I'm not so tight. I'm not so closed in. If you watch some of these rhino videos on social media, you see how he talks about how the body's starting to just close in. That's true. Some shit rhino says is true. That is one of those things. Like as we get older, we try to have a little bit of a hunchback. We kind of roll our our backs and our hips kind of suck in. But if you stretch, everything kind of gets opened up a lot. So I stretch. I stretch every day. But obviously, I know you guys aren't going to do that. So two to three days a week, stretch. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what to do, what stretches to do. I have certain stretches. Go online. Figure it out. There's all kinds of shit out there that you can learn how to stretch. Stretch your hamstrings. Stretch your forearms. Stretch your legs. Do certain poses for yoga. It fucking helps. You're going to hate it. It's going to hurt. It sucks. 30 minutes of stretching will help huge on the motorcycle. It'll get you looser, and you won't have as much arm pump. You won't ride as tight. It'll take... 60 days, 30 to 60 days to actually feel it on the motorcycle. So don't sit there and say, oh, I stretched a week, Kiefer. It doesn't fucking do anything. (laughs) Here's the thing about training and riding. It's consistency. It's a base. You got to keep doing it. One month, anyone can do anything for one month and say, hey, man, I've been busting my ass for one month, and I I still got sixth place. Dude, it takes longer than one month to do something. It's those guys that just, bust their ass for one to two months and train their balls off, and then they fall off. But it's the guy who just sits there and just trains consistently, burns at a medium pace, and just does it for months and months, and then you will see results. I'm telling you, it'll take two months or so, and you'll feel it on the motorcycle. You'll feel looser. Your muscles will thank you. Trust me. Cardio, stretching, do some ab work, getting that core tightened up a little bit. I do a lot of reverse crunches for my lower back. If you have a Smith machine, you can do that. But lower back and abs are important when you come and ride a motorcycle. Because when you're sitting up, standing down, you slam into a jump, or you come up short as we get older, we over jump because our timing sucks. Having a strong core and a strong lower back will help you. So, Make it easy on yourself. Stay motivated. Look at that thing every single day. Get your wife involved. Stretch, cardio, abs, and lower back. That's it. That's how you do it. It's it's no fucking rocket science. We're not going to be, you know, 22 again, have these trainers, and these kids are doing all these motos and going every day. Like, it, those, that time's over with us. Just keep it simple. Keep it fun. And burn at a medium pace. Burn at a medium pace. That's how we do it when we get older. Just fucking cruise, but keep cruising for a long time. That's what keeps me going. I really try hard not to get hurt, and it happens sometimes. But 
I think that's what made me progress as I get older. I think I'm better now than I was when I was trying to race in my late 20s. I didn't start racing really supercross until my late 20s. So I just think I learned a lot about my body and what works for me. And I think that uh, works for a lot of older guys as well because we've got a lot of other shit going on in our lives than just to uh, grind every single day, you know? Uh, also, on the opposite end of that, if you guys are getting burned out, you're like, hey, man, I don't feel like riding. I don't have a riding partner and my track sucks. And I, I'm guilty of that as well. A lot of my riding partners have moved away. Some of my friends have moved away. And the tracks are getting shut down here in Southern California. And we're getting smaller and smaller as a as an industry, I think. I feel like here in California. Um, I find ways to try to keep me motivated. And I get burned out still. Um, so what I do to help me from getting burned out is I try to do other things and those other things that help me ride my dirt bike. So I will bicycle. I will bicycle maybe for a week and not ride a dirt bike. And then for me, if about a week or so, two weeks without riding, I start getting the itch to ride again. So mentally remove yourself from your dirt bike. Don't get yourself so down or beat yourself up about man, I used to ride a lot. I don't like it anymore. Just put it away for a while. Do something different, but do something different that will help you get back to your motorcycle when it's time. Uh, run, mountain bike, hike, gym, whatever it is. You don't need to think about dirt bikes all the time, but for me, that's what helps me get re-motivated, and I just need some time away mentally. I think that's what's most important is mentally just detaching from dirt bikes. You East Coast guys get to do that a lot, and I think you ride longer than us West Coast guys because we can ride year-round. East Coast guys, most of you, uh, have to shut down for a, a few months because it's fucking cold, and I think there is some point to that where that actually helps the guy or a rider um, have a longer career in our industry, riding or racing. So um, just mentally detach a little bit. That's my my philosophy over here. Um. KTM information. So I've been writing some baseline settings down. I've been trying to do some stuff. We have gone back to uh, the 6500 conversion kit on the fork. Um, so we have a couple settings that we've been going through with REP AEO. Mark over there has been doing our stuff. Uh, instead of just going to a cone valve or whatever, we have stuck with the 6500 WP inserts, which is pretty good. And I will say this, the stock valving on the 6500s that, that come with the consumer setting, I guess I should call it, um, is fairly good. It is a little bit soft for me, but honestly, there's a lot of comfort. There is a big difference between the stock AER stuff to the new 6500 WP insert kit. Huge difference, more fun in traction, uh, more comfort, a little bit better dampening feel, doesn't feel cheap like the AER fork does on um, I think they did a great job with that consumer setting. I couldn't say that in the past, honestly. Uh, it just felt like it was way too soft and too fast. It still has a fast feel to me, but at least there's more quality dampening within this kit. So that is nice. Um, I am on a track shock trying that, but honestly, I don't think there's that huge of a benefit from the stock one versus the track stuff. I do feel like the stock shock will fade quicker than the track stuff. So if you're having fading problems, uh, then look into a track's shock because obviously it has a bigger bladder, 
uh, a thicker diameter or a bigger diameter uh, shock shaft, 16 to an 18. Um, we have an FMF system on there, which to me is the best system right now that I've tried for the KTM 22.5 and 23. You have to get those at a KTM dealer. Yes, they have them, so that is good news, but you have to go through your KTM dealer to get those. You can't go through FMF. Uh, Jamie at Twisted has an insert, exhaust flange that goes in the front coming out of your engine that helps with throttle response and smooths out that power after the throttle. So once you roll that throttle on, it's not so jerky. The The KTM 22.5 and 23 is too touchy. Uh, I couldn't say that with last year's bike. I, I wanted more. So I was thinking this exhaust flange wouldn't be as good, but honestly, it gave it better throttle response, but it actually smoothed out the power down low, so it just made it broader for me. So I like that. Um, you can look that up over at Jamie's site. Um, and then I put Pro Taper bars on it and some Renthal half waffle grips and a ZRT throttle. Look, I'm going to say this again. I've talked about this throttle tube before. Uh, I'm not into spending $200 on a throttle tube, but I've tried a lot of throttle tubes. I'm not an aluminum throttle tube guy, but this ZRT, don't know, don't know Tom that much at ZRT, but he bugged me enough back in the day to try his throttle. I said, sure, send me one, and he talked a lot about his throttle. He hyped it up, and I was like, oh, shit, I've heard this before, but then it actually worked. So look into a ZRT throttle if you're a KTM guy because the cables suck on a KTM. Um, this will help that feel. I don't like a plastic uh, lock-on throttle. Uh, just makes it feel grainy and shitty. Gets the throttle feeling like crap. So, yeah, for me, I would go to ZRT Aluminum Throttle. And Ride Engineering has an axle, uh, axle blocks and an axle kit. I know there was some shit going on on Vital about Luxon guy and Adrian and and how this Luxon guy said it doesn't work. It's bullshit. It's fucking smoke and mirrors, or whatever. And honestly, like I like that Luxon guy. I think he has a lot of smart things. Um, within his clamp. But I'm just telling you what I feel. If it didn't work, I would say it didn't work. Honestly, it does help acceleration traction. Uh, yes, it does float a little bit more than that fixed one does. It just moves a little bit more, and that does help rear traction feeling. Maybe on paper that guy's right. Maybe it says it doesn't work, and I've dealt with this with engineers before. They said, here's the dyno sheet, Kiefer. Look it. That's bullshit. Here's what it says. Well, I don't care what your dyno sheet says or what your engineering degree says. I'm telling you what I feel on the track. So I throw that away. I go on the track, and I feel what I feel, and I relay that to you guys. This thing, it's not huge. You'll decide if you think it's worth the money or not. That's up to you guys. But it does help small chatter if you have hard-packed tracks. Getting the floating axle blocks does help. On the works connection side or the right engineer right engineering side, doesn't matter. It does help a little bit. So. Um, you guys can debate that on your own. And that's what we've done so far to this bike. I will be putting up a, an article on the 6500 kit, what settings are going on with Mark um, and I on the suspension side of things. And as well, I will put a AER baseline setting up for the bike as well. Just to give you guys a snippet on if you guys are still on AER forks, uh, I run mine at 10.9 bar. I'm 175 pounds. And then I also stiffen up the compression 2 plus 2 on, uh, from stock. And as well as I slow that rebound down 1. 
On the shock side, 105 millimeters of sag. And then I also, for me, is I crank in the high-speed compression a quarter turn, and I leave the low-speed compression alone, and I slow down the rebound down too. And that just calms the bike down. And as the bike breaks in, after about six to eight hours, this setting will be better. So you guys can uh, rewind this or whatever you guys want to do to get that setting, but it will be up on my site here shortly. I'll put a baseline setting up and just the mods that I have done to this bike as well. So you can check that out. Um, all right, intros. They're coming up. 23 bike intros. Holy shit. I can't believe it's here. It's June. Uh, the KX250 intro is around August 11th. The YZ450 intro slash announcement, uh, what they're doing, what uh, changes they've made will be, from what I've heard, and again, this is what I've heard, and this doesn't come from anyone from Yamaha personally. No, Travis doesn't come to my house and talk about the Yamaha or I talk about the Honda. We don't talk about that shit, so this isn't, this isn't coming from him. I heard it's going to be announced around late July, early August. So does that mean we're going to ride it then? Probably not. But that's when we'll know what's going on. You guys will know that. It'll be up on the internet. You guys can check it out. You guys can go on Vital and just debate the hell out of it. Yamaha's a piece of shit. Yamaha's a blue pig. Oh, they shouldn't have done this. Ride red. Fuck it. I'm getting a Suzuki. Whatever you guys want to do, that'll happen late July, early August. Uh, Honda, end of July. So we'll ride the new 450. Well, I shouldn't say new. The revised 450, end of July. And those are the only dates that I have got so far, at least for me on my side of the media side thing. So uh, we'll be testing those with the RacerX videos. I'll be doing stuff right here on this podcast um, and as well as KieferIncTesting.com. If you guys need settings, go to my website. Uh, if you guys need test product evaluations, go to my website. If you guys like watching the video side of things and learning things, go to the RacerX side of things. And you, we'll do all that stuff over there. So what I try to do under my umbrella is bring you different avenues of information. The video side on the Racer X. Key for Ink testing, well, you, you'll get the podcast. You guys are driving or whatever. You listen to my fucked up voice. Or you go to keyforinktesting.com to get settings, product evaluations, and so forth. More of the techie side of things. Pulp, obviously, I'll put some stuff up on there as well. Um, Things like I do with Yamaha, I know Steve does stuff with Yamaha, so I try to put some of my information up there on his site instead of mine. So I do share stuff with Steve as well, as well as just lifestyle, um, general talk, things that I think are important, uh, as well as little intricacies from the bikes, um, things that it does or doesn't do. I'll put that up on Pulp as well. So there's different ways to get the information um, different avenues, but that is the schedule so far. I leave for Loretta's at late July. I think July 23rd is when I leave. We're going to go train back there a little bit and then race. So within that time, uh, late July through August 7, uh, content will be scarce. Again, life happens. I got to go take my kid riding, and I don't want to miss any of this time with my son. He's getting older, so um, some of that information will be on the back burner. If you guys do email me from the 22nd through the 7th, emails might be a little bit slower because I'll be busy. But as always, my door is open for you guys, man. This is why I built this thing. It's why I'm talking on the fucking microphone to you guys. I want to be real. I'm pretty raw. Um, if you guys have some people that like that kind of thing, tell them about it. It helps us. Make us grow. 
Uh, we keep this thing up and moving. Um, you guys have been asking me, should I do a video? You guys should put it up on YouTube, your shows. I don't think my show's entertaining enough for me to uh, get a video up. Like, I don't want to be pulp, okay? I don't want a camera on my face when I do these podcasts because it's boring. I'm just going to see me talking and bullshit. Unless I had guests on here every single show, I don't think the video side of this show would be beneficial. So you're stuck with the podcast. Get the video side over on Pulp and Racer X. And, um, yeah, so that wraps up our show today. One hour exactly right now. Any questions, any show suggestions, hit me up. Like I said at the beginning of the show, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. Go buy a shirt or two. We do have some stuff up on my uh, website in the shop area. If you don't see it and you want it, email Heather at KieferInkTesting.com. She can help you out. Uh, if you're a younger guy, 16, teenager, or you like uh, your son or your daughter to listen to the show, even though we cuss sometimes, geez, sometimes I'm sorry about that, uh, Aiden does have an email, Aiden at KieferInkTesting.com. Maybe you uh, have some questions for him about the Cowie or just growing up to being a, a dumbass teenager like my kid is sometimes. <laughs> He's a great kid, honestly. Like I love my son to death, but as you parents know, it's a struggle at times. But uh, it is a very, very privileged and honored position to be a father and a mother, man. It's a, it's a cool feeling for me, and I'm all about family over here. If you guys know me, you guys know that, so... Thank you for joining me. Thank you for uh, helping this show along. And, of course, thank you for supporting my advertisers. They're great people and great products. And uh, hit them up. Uh, tell them that you heard it here uh, about them here on our show. And uh, that helps us out a lot as well. And we'll be back on the Pulp Show this Sunday, July 3rd. Happy birthday, America. Mav TV. You check it out on Mav TV every week. But uh, show 100. Holy shit. I can't believe I've been... They're that long, 100 shows. Man, ah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. It's crazy to think about where dirt bikes take you. Uh, meet a lot of great people, created a life for me. Eh, it's insane. So uh, I'm trying to share that with you guys all here on this show. Coffee with the Kiefers is coming back. Let's give it up for Coffee with the Kiefers. Uh, we just need some more content, and we've gained some content the past few months. You guys have been asking for it. You're missing it. And uh, I guess it's kind of like a cult thing right now. So uh, it's cool to see. It's coming back. I just got to get my wife in the studio. I do have a bunch of things right here written down about what we can talk about. And hopefully you guys can relate to that within your families or your lives. So um, that'll be fun. Looking forward to that. So see you guys in the next show. See you next week. See you over on Pulp MX, the show Sunday night. Tune in. We'll be back next week with more information for you. See ya.